0: Every week, Hillsdale College President Larry Arn joins Hugh Hewitt to discuss great books, great men, and great ideas. This is the Hillsdale Dialogues, presented by Hillsdale College. To find more episodes, search for Hillsdale Dialogues at SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, iHeart, and Ricochet. America, Bonjour, hi, Canada. That music means we are in the last radio hour of the week. The Hillsdale Dialogue with Dr. Larry Arn appearing by the first time with me via Skype. Dr. Arn was dragged kicking and screaming into the reality of Skype and and the visual world, and he's not very happy with me. I think uh, you're, you're you're not happy at all, are you, Dr. Arn? I need a pay raise. <laughs> Yeah, maybe someone out there will send some checks to Hillsdale.edu because they like the way that you look. You look very good, by the way. You're even wearing a tie. Yeah, I got up and got dressed. It's so stupid. uh,
1: I I knew Rush Limbaugh really well. And the point is, he did his best work
0: in his jammies.
1: And I do, too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I will... We, we will see. Let's give it a whirl. Let's start with the first thing we're to ta- I want to tell everyone. We are taping this on Wednesday. It is airing on Friday, which is particularly unfortunate because we are in the middle of the House Republican meltdown. But since Dr. Arne is known and respected by every one of the 222 members of the House, and I believe that's true, uh, <laughs> he's a good person to consult. I'm angry with the 20, very angry with the 20. Because you only get one chance to make a first impression. And the one thing they accomplished yesterday, they stepped on the inaugural address of Ron DeSantis, which otherwise would have made up my entire show on Wednesday. But we spent it talking about the twenty. What did you make of the Wednesday meltdown, Dr. Arm? Uh,
1: Well, first of all, your opinion is typical of you. You think that the media is the center of the universe. Yes. Uh, Whereas these rules that they're fighting on, these 20 have a point. I'm not saying that I think they're, you know, I don't know what's going on. Nobody does. They don't know. Uh, McCarthy doesn't know. But what are they asking for? They're asking that it be guaranteed to them that bills be for a single subject. In other words, the people can tell where they stand. They should vote for one thing at a time. Uh, This monstrosity that just passed, $1.7 trillion dollars. Uh, Tom Cotton voted for that. I haven't talked to him, but I read his statement and already knew why why he did it. There's a bunch of defense stuff in there. Yes. And we need that stuff. And it's a judgment, right? Whether you pay the cost, which is probably a dollar for two dollars or a dollar for every dollar you get for defense, that's the old trade that they had to make in the Reagan years. Reagan was going to build up the defense budget, but he couldn't get the votes in the Congress to do it from the Democratic Party unless he expanded everything and that's so they're trying to break that down, and that's fundamental representative government and they got some concessions, but they don't believe the concessions because you know it's i, I I've discovered in recent years that
0: there are liars in washington DC. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, Dr. Arn, I was told by people who are reliable, not by uh, Leader McCarthy, who you and I know very well, very well. Yeah. You've probably known him longer than I have, because you were up at the Claremont Institute when he was out in the California— I think he was probably working for the member from Bakersfield when you first met Kevin McCarthy, so you know him very well. Kevin's not a liar, and I understand yeah. that he represented the conference on Sunday— You're going to have 72 hours with every bill, not three days, 72 hours, single subject rule, motion to vacate for five, and a couple other things. In other words, it gave them everything that they wanted, so much so that my kind of Republican, Midwestern Republicans, like David Joyce, were mad. Uh, But they agreed just to get to 218. But then the goalposts move. If that's true, what do you think about that?
1: Well, if that's true, that's bad. They shouldn't have done that. And, and the key things, they wrote McCarthy a letter that you can, one can read and his answer to it that one can read. And both of those documents are reasonable. Uh, they're asking for some things that would be very good for the American people and the, the resurrection of the Constitution to get back. Because here's what we've lost, right? The government is opaque now. Uh, just, just imagine a world, which world we lived in until about 1960, where the big question before the House was abortion or defense spending. You know, you've you got to remember that what the federal government is actually properly about is 60% national defense. And so they're going to have a bill. And what are they going to do? Are they going to have the atomic bomb? Are they going to have ballistic missile defense? or not. And you can know if your congressperson voted for or against that. And then that's and see that uh, representative government doesn't just mean that there's an election every two years. It's also that you can effectively watch what they do. And then talk about it a lot. I mean, gosh, we're suppressing speech in America today. So they're trying, you know, And and another thing is, most of the laws are not made in the Congress anymore. And those guys, every every decent congressman, is ambitious to do something about that. We should have the bureaucracy under control. Uh, The FBI is corresponding with Twitter about what ought to get published.
0: Yeah, that's That's very bad.
1: bad. That's, That's bad, and that means we have a government out of control. And this is an argument about how to get it under control, and you can say, uh, you can say, uh, we need to what? We need to have regular order and just get on with it, right? But what does get on with it mean? Five tr? Is it four
0: or five trillion dollars in the last three years added to the national debt? Well, let me ask you, uh, I don't know Jim Jordan well, but I know him well enough. I've been on a stage with him four or five times, and and I want him to have the gavel of the Judiciary Committee, and I want him, if necessary, to subpoena the 80 different FBI agents who were involved in the Twitter files, one by one. That will take a lot of time. It will take a lot of effort, and time is a-wasting, and you run an organization that is bigger than the House of Representatives. How many people work for Hillsdale? Mm close to 800. All right, so 800 people as opposed to 222. You've got to get them organized and working, and you're the ultimate authority, and you do that. I just do not know how it is better not to have a speaker than it is to have one that you don't like on the margins, particularly when I know Kevin McCarthy, and you know him as well as I do, better. He's a good man. Well, I very
1: much hope that they make this deal this morning. Right. But just there's been here's another thing, Uh, you know, and I uh, the deal that's on the table, you know, as far as I know, and remember, it's changing by the minute. I would vote for that. But here's another thing that they were insisting on. Uh, You know, uh, the Constitution of the United States went into operation in what? 1790? Um, 1789? 1789? Yeah, 1789. Um, for all that time, any member could vote to, to could move to vacate the chair. And that means the Speaker's job was in peril every day. And Nancy Pelosi changed that. And, and you know, the, the, the way the government works today is not the way it used to work. Uh, you, you know, you need to run for Congress, you need money, you need support from big, Groups, right, and you need to get on the right committees so that they will pay attention to you. And the speaker has a lot of control over that, and that should be decentralized. And you know, I, I, partly, I'm, you know, I, I, am for McCarthy big time, and I, and you know, Jim Jordan is a great man, and I do know him, and he's also uh, showing real statesmanship here because yes, he is. These are these are his people who are holding all this up and he's the one who makes the motion for McCarthy for speaker every time and he does it well and that means that he is confident that some good things can be done if we get this team in there and he's going to be allowed to do them so that's another another reason why I very much hope that they settle this this morning uh, on the other hand I'm not going to join the baying hounds who call these guys awful. The things that
0: you're talking about are fundamentally important. When we come back from break, I'm going to bay a little bit because I'm one of the baying hounds. Uh, And I I base that baying on a briefing I received from two different members about the impossibility of negotiating with someone who changes their ask all the time. And uh, the motion to make eight, the chair, they asked for five. They got five and the. The Republicans, like David Joyce, the Midwesterner, did not want that. And I'm afraid bad things will come. I'm afraid the party might break. And we're going to talk about what Joseph Chamberlain did to his party, which is about, I think, to happen to the Republicans in the House if we are not careful. Dr. Arne knows that story better than anyone. We're also going to talk about Chinese Gordon when we come back. There's a lot to tie in here because we're on the precipice of a very bad moment for the Republican Party. Stay by. I'll be back with Dr. Arne.
2: On the new episode of The Larry Arnn Show, Hillsdale College President Larry Arnn sits down with theology professor Jordan Wales and computer science professor John Seifert for a roundtable discussion.
1: Honor is very important. Also, the classics are clear. It's not the highest order good because it depends so much on the quality of the person who gives it. You know, the delight of a friend. I assert to everybody watching this, but they can tell for themselves, these are two very high-quality individuals. They live their life in a serious way. And so if they think something of one, one is pleased. If you take a being that knows more than they know, and is quicker than they are, and it says what you've taught it to say, it's very corrupting of one if he thinks that's honor.
2: Listen to this exclusive roundtable right now. Only available on the Larry Arn Show. Find it on the Hillsdale College Podcast Network at podcast.hillsdale.edu or wherever you get your audio and subscribe to receive new episodes delivered right to your device. That's podcast.hillsdale.edu.
0: Welcome back, America. Sometimes even a few members in a legislative body can make a big difference. I remind, I'm reading right now because of Dr. Arn and I will be moving on in about four weeks, something called the River War. And Chinese Charles Gordon was stuck in Khartoum, and he was going to die unknown and unremarked upon until a fellow named Lord Randolph Churchill, first among everyone in the House, stood up and began to demand that aid be dispatched to Gordon. And eventually it was dispatched, but it was dispatched too late. But the whole country was remade because of one individual. I'm reading that because of you, Dr. Arn, and I'm reading it simultaneous with this meltdown. I don't think these guys are Sir Randolph Churchill. I don't think that. I think they are more like Gladstone at this point, ignoring the obvious need of the country.
1: The only one of them that I know personally is Chip Roy. Oh, very
0: good man. yeah.
1: he's a very good man, right? And so... It's like a lot of people are livid with Tom Cotton for the vote he cast in the Senate. I am not. And I haven't even talked to him about it. I know why he did it. He's presented with a bunch of bad choices. And and these guys are trying to use what authority they have. And it all comes, by the way, from the fact that there's a tiny minority, right? And so a tiny group of majority, tiny majority, a tiny group of people can hold the whole show up. Well, I hope they come to a resolution, and around the points that seem to have been agreed so far, that's enough, I think, to go forward. And and I, I I like it that some of them are willing to kick, because goodness
0: gracious, are we getting close to Niagara Falls here and about to go over? Well, that, we're one. we're a little bit like Gordon in Khartoum right now. We are getting very close to being outmatched by the Chinese. We are on the verge of thirty trillion dollars in debt. And a stagflation that's gonna make the nineteen seventies when you and I were young men look like a Piker's dream. But I don't know that we can advance the ball until we get a hold of the committees. And you can't get a hold of the committees till you get a speaker. Would you well speak? they're not
1: they're not going, by the way, they're not going to advance the ball very much. What they're gonna do is obstruct and point out. Things. Yes. And that's all they can do. And and you know, we need to have a good election in America. We need a big change, and there's some people on the scene who might be running for president who will probably be very good at that, but you need, you need the government to be united. and Right now, we've just got one bit out of three popularly elected bits. The Republicans just have one bit, and they're just going to have to use that to prevent the worst things happening and make a case that by the way is rather what happened in the last two years of the carter administration they there were a lot of hearings and there were a lot there were some good bills passed actually because people could see we were getting in trouble about the soviet union and people and and so they you know they're, they're uh the the joint economic committee under jack kemp yep yeah. uh Propose the tax cuts that were passed early in the Reagan years. It's things like that that they can hope to do. And they and and they need, but they need to do them right, and they need clarity. Another thing is, it's so hard to figure out what all this means right now. There's no like you're talking about uh, Joseph Chamberlain. Well, he split the liberals. Uh, in in partnership with the conservative, Lord Randolph Churchill, Churchill's daddy, over a clear bill, Irish Home Rule. That's what that bill was about. We're gonna let the Irish govern themselves. And we've already repealed all the disabilities against Catholics, which I very much favor, except in the case of you. (laughs) And, and, uh, And so the point was, there was a big public fight and it was about something that everybody could understand. And it's a curious thing about that thing because Lord Randolph Churchill and Joseph Chamberlain destroyed the Liberal Party and Joseph Chamberlain moved over to the Conservatives and brought a lot of the things that he was for as a Liberal with him. But what in how much longer? 30 years later, Winston Churchill, the son, is the man who negotiated the Irish
0: Home Rule Treaty. And when we come back, we're gonna. This all plays together. It's almost providential because next two weeks we're gonna finish up the history of the English-speaking people. We're gonna be talking about Chamberlain and Gladstone. And it does. When parties split, it's because fundamental things are afoot, which Doctor Arndt often says on this show is the period of time in which we are in. I just expected the Democrats to split, not the Republicans. We'll talk about it after the break. Stay tuned. Mm-hmm. Welcome back America, I'm Hugh Hewitt, sitting there if you're watching on the Salem News channel is Dr. Larry Arn, the president of Hillsdale College, all things Hillsdale are found at hillsdale.edu and I've dragged him into the world of video as well as the world of audio because people like to hear him talk and they like to see him talk and it's working pretty well even though he needs to look up more, like me, you got to look up more doctor, that's it, that's what, that's, I don't that's, like that's, it. <laughs> I love, I love this. You're like Churchill being asked to rebuild Parliament. I don't want to do it. I want it exactly the same way. Um, yeah. Dr. Arnold, let's go back to the splitting of the party. Joseph Chamberlain walked out on Irish Home Rule, and he, he, he didn't cross the aisle. He just walked out. These 20 Republicans, they can't walk over to the other side. They're against everything on the other side. There isn't a defining issue about which they are walking out, is there? Well, yeah, sure. They,
1: these, these, uh, uh, the, the difficulty for them is that these things they're protest- protesting about are, they're not obvious. Because nothing in the government is obvious anymore. It's been organized so that it's not obvious. But what they're protesting about is the power of the administrative state to dominate the Congress these two thousand page bills full of God knows what and who. Nobody nobody reads them. You know, one of the one of the compromise one of the things they demanded was that they should get seventy two hours. Now is that three days to read a two thousand page bill and digest it and talk about it? Right? That's you know, Hillsdale College is very tough. But we do Eight hundred pages in fifteen weeks. <laughs> now that we it time four. but you see, in other words, it is not a deliberative body anymore, and they want to make it into one. Kevin McCarthy, I believe, by the way, wants to make it into one too, and that's why I hope that they find a
0: peace by the time this is aired. Uh, I think, and I-, I think you're an optimist, Doctor. You know, I, I was briefed on the single subject rule, which I think is brilliant. Uh, that you cannot bring forward an amendment that is not germane. You can't log roll anymore under the rules package demanded by and acceded to the, by the moderates who like log rolling, the appropriators. Our friend on the Appropriations Committee, Ken Calvert, you know, he he's not going to like that. He's going to want to be able to log roll, but they gave in. They gave that up, and I'm sitting here thinking we're going to lose eight republicans pretty soon who are going to cross the aisle to the democrats and if they do they're going to do it over the fact that they do not want to be held up twice do you worry that that is a real risk because by by friday morning we might have that i saw fred upton who you know and i know fred upton today on wednesday morning when we take this said yeah it might not be a bad thing to be the speaker of the house He's counted on 10 of his buddies you don't have to be a member of the house to be the speaker of the house Counting on maybe 10 of his buddies um, hooking up with Hakeem Jeffries and voting in Fred Upton as speaker. He's a good man. He's a, I go to church with him, right? I like Fred Upton. But I can see where that is a risk. I don't think Gladstone saw Chamberlain as a risk until it was too late. Do you think we're looking past the risk? Well, yeah, There,
1: you know. look, there's nothing but risk right now. But then you ask yourself the question, What is the risk? The risk is that the government of the United States controls more than half the economy, and that's not enough. They're also borrowing against the future, and they legislate through a permanent bureaucracy that nobody controls, right? So if Fred Upton or anybody crosses the aisle to join the people who are in favor of all that, then that's a fundamental decision. He's made the decision. And that's, you know, and I don't think you will. Surely not. Right. But but because if fundamental things are afoot, you need a division about those things. Right. And that's we're getting closer to that. And it could be that it's all just chaos. But heck, it's chaos right now.
0: Well, it would be chaos right up until the debt limit, at which point the United States sovereign debt is defaulted on if the House hasn't organized. I don't think you want that. I don't want that. But I would love to message on fundamental things. I would love to message on school choice. I would love to message on the border. I would love particularly to have Mike Gallagher running the select committee on China every day and holding hearings everywhere across the country, alerting them to why TikTok needs to be banned at Hillsdale College and everywhere else. But we can't message a doggone thing, and and I do believe there comes a moment where the people who've been taken hostage break out, and just break out because they've had it. They they just it's two hundred to twenty, and that's okay. If this is still two hundred to twenty on Friday morning when this airs, we're in a world of hurt as a Republican Party. Does that alarm you, Doctor Arn?
1: Well, sure, but um, the yeah, of course it does, but. You know, the, the uh, uh, insanity, you know, is uh, doing the same thing over and over and expecting to get different results. Uh, but for this rebellion, the rules would have been the same as they've been the last six years, right? And so they've won something. Now, I hope and think that, that I, don't, I don't know what I think, I'm, I'm not there, but I hope that they will make a deal now. I think the terms are good, and the ones I read in the paper.
0: That, that's You and I are in the same position of not knowing what the nitty gritty is, but I am afraid by what I understand from people like Gallagher who are, they're not part of this. They are national security people. They stand apart. You mentioned Reagan in, in 1980. Uh, when Jerry Ford ran in 1976, I supported him against the Reagan revolution in the primary. I've always been a Jerry Ford kind of Republican. I'll bet you were with Ronald Reagan, weren't you? Of course. Of course. And so you have on your screen the establishment party, that's me, and the Reaganot, that's Dr. Arn. But eventually they got together and did great things. But it took a period in the wilderness and I, I don't want to go there again, Larry. I just think the the, 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 the 20 are asking a lot of really good Republicans like Gallagher and Waltz, and I could just name them and you know them better than I do. They're asking them to give up their seniority, their ideas, their select committees, their gavels. At what point does a party break rather than do that? Well, uh, Mike Gallagher is a very smart
1: man, and I'm confident that he does not think that foreign policy is prior to domestic policy. Uh, Foreign policy is for the sake of domestic policy. Now, it can be more urgent, which is why I don't criticize Tom Cotton for voting for that monstrosity, right? But but this is, you know, I mean, if the cost of all this is that we take a week and and get a better system so that Congress is more accountable and more powerful against the bureaucracy, that'll be a week really well spent.
0: Well, that is a a tantalizing prospect, but I'm afraid, let me me put it to you my best way. I think we're in 1941, and I think that admirals are testifying to Congress that the Japanese are building a very big fleet, and they're not gonna let it, it January of 41, New Congress arrives, and they're hearing testimony from my wife's grandfather in FDR. It's actually 1940. FDR fires him because he went up to the Hill, and he was admiral at that time, and he testified the Japanese are going to go to war with us. And FDR didn't like that, so he fired him. I think we're at that point with the Chinese, and we've got to get focused, Dr. Art. We are on the cusp of a terrible time in the world, Uh, one of eclipse. And we've got some of those 20 are not in it for Chip Roy's reason. Chip Roy's a good man, and I've I've heard him speak, and I've been in a room with him at dinner, and I've never interviewed him on the air, but he's got high ideals. A lot of these 20 do not. Well,
1: I don't know them. I mean, I don't, you know, first of all, remember you're making statements about the uh, internal operations of other people's minds. And what you really only know is what they say. Right. The reason I the reason I know what's going on in your mind is that I've known you for four hundred years. Yes. and <laughs> you were wrong right at the beginning. No, it uh, and so that's a hard thing to say, right? Uh, the the uh, so, some of this stuff is impractical, and if they can't make this deal, uh, but see, I, I it's more than I know to know that that they have change the goalpost. If they have, that's not good. Uh, but, you know, because uh, just, just think what it's like. This is hurting cats. That's what this is like. And, you know, everybody's texting and everybody's calling and the staffs are running all over the place and rumor rains, you know, and then every day they get together for a meeting, but they work 20 hours that day when they're not all together. So, it's a mess, right? And so one thing that you want, and you're right to want, is there need to be some
0: way to bring order out of all of this. And that's actually McCarthy's job. You know, on Wednesday, I had Juan Siskamani on. And remember that name, if you haven't met Juan yet, he was representing Tucson, the Arizona 6th District. He was born in Mexico, came into the country, and became a naturalized American. He has six children. And he was brought to my attention by Governor Ducey. And I I just felt, and by Kevin McCarthy, who got him elected. And Juan is in Washington with his six children and his wife Laura in the gallery. He's not getting paid and he doesn't have health insurance because they can't get sworn in until there is a speaker. And I thought that in one, and he's very pro Kevin McCarthy, but he also likes Eli Crane, who's a Navy SEAL, who also is a freshman that Kevin McCarthy got elected, who's with the 20. And this is a dilemma. And you and I on this screen kind of represent the dilemma. I want people to get on with the job. And you're saying, whoa there, Hewitt, there might be something more important than the job ahead of us. Am I right in summarizing it that way? We have to restore
1: the proper operation of the American Constitution in order to be effective at the job over time. And what's wrong with it? What's wrong with it is... The great majority of the laws are not made in the Congress anymore. And the poor congressmen, when they vote, it's a very elaborate system of presenting them impossible choices. You see, because we stick all this stuff together. And it means that if you want to save the the life of a child, you have to shoot your grandmother. That's that's how
0: it works. Stand by. We're going to come right back to this subject. Don't go anywhere.
2: On the new episode of The Larry Arnn Show, Hillsdale College President Larry Arnn sits down with theology professor Jordan Wales and computer science professor John Seifert for a roundtable discussion.
1: What Are, are their dangers? What are they?
2: Because it's useful, it means, yes, it can't be stopped because it's the, the, the companies, the next double agents doing the technological advances. But it doesn't necessarily mean it's good. A hundred years ago, we switched, switched over from artisan craftsmen making our things to assembly lines. And that was more efficient, it was more productive, but it changed how humans were in the world. Instead of having the furniture in your house made by the craftsman down the road and having that person have that job, we now have a different relationship and a different arrangement. The, the kinds of dangers that we want to look at with artificial intelligence are, are similar to other sorts of industrial automation-type dangers. Listen to this exclusive roundtable right now, only available on The Larry Arn Show. Find it on the Hillsdale College Podcast Network at podcast.hillsdale.edu or wherever you get your audio and subscribe to receive new episodes delivered right to your device. That's podcast.hillsdale.edu.
0: Welcome back, America. I'm Hugh Hewitt. This is the Hillsdale Dialogue. That, on your screen, if you're watching on the Salem News Channel, is the first live picture of Dr. Larry Arnn. It's like Neil Armstrong setting out on the moon. One small step for a man, one large leap for Hillsdale College. All things Hillsdale are found at hillsdale.edu, including this gentleman on the right side of your screen, Dr. Larry Arnn, who is the president of that institution. And by Friday, I hope this is all irrelevant, but I fear that it isn't. Assume for a moment, Doctor Arn, that we are in deadlock on Friday. What ought to happen over the weekend, other than calling you up and asking you to mediate? What ought to? Because ha- Donald Trump announced on Wednesday morning everyone should get behind Kevin, and if they haven't, then everybody's heart hands have been played and the game's over and we're stuck. What happens then? Well, the game can't be over,
1: right? Because those, the, you know, those people. Those 218 or 22 or something, they've been elected. And they're not going to change overnight. And they're not going to, I mean, I don't think a bunch of them are going to go join the other party. That'd be crazy. But some of them may, I don't know. Uh, But in other words, these questions will all remain after this is settled. What I hope for is it the deal that one reads about in the paper, the one that Kevin McCarthy agreed to? I think it was on Sunday last. Yes. I hope, I hope they make that deal, and I hope everybody votes for it. And I hope then that they proceed in a better way. To uh, what? To the House needs to be less manageable. By the way, I mean, look at the House of Representatives. It's very funny. The uh, in the eyes of the Founders, the Senate was supposed to be the courageous body. The Senate is more the cowardly body now, and the reason is uh, the way the country has evolved and also been ill-governed and bad laws is that a higher percentage of the Senate has contested seats than the House. Uh, House seats, they are very few, right, that are, what, there are 435 of them. And, 70 or 80 of them oh i don't think that many i bet you 30. yeah and so most of them are holding safe seats right and that means they can be braver uh and you can see how that works on the left right they just prepare to do just about any crazy thing and on the right not as much but some of that and uh and so somehow you need All of this, this mess that we're in, which just gets worse
0: all the time, by the way. Let let me give you an example. On Monday of this week, the Environmental Protection Agency announced that they are repealing the Trump rules about the waters of the United States. And they're going to restore the Obama-era rules on the waters of the United States, which are tyrannical, Fifth Amendment-breaking, property-seizing attempts by a federal administrative state to seize people's property. And if the House was organized, I'd have the EPA administrator up there tomorrow in front of the House Public Works and Environmental Protection Agency and the appropriator. And I would shut them down because they're stealing people's property. But we can't. That's a good thing thing they're fighting
1: for. They want to get back the old practice that uh, they can delete the salary of a particular official in the executive branch, and they are unable to do that right now since Nancy Pelosi made some changes. Well, that's a good idea. But that's right. In other words, they, they're trying to get, you know, the whole, and I, I'm not saying that it's confined to these four or five people, most of them I don't know, I'm just saying that the issues that they're debating are very important. And we need elected people to control the government. Because although they're terrible, it's also true that we elect them and we can get rid of. Them. Whereas the all-powerful bureaucracy, we can't do anything about that except over a very long time. And you know we you know uh, it, because I believe in being optimistic. Uh, I studied Winston Churchill, right? It's a shame to go around thinking you're beaten before you actually are. Indeed, even after you actually are. And I think that there's promise everywhere you look. Jim Jordan is a heck of a guy, right? And he's, he's recommending McCarthy, and he's going to have a lot of authority in, the, in this Congress,
0: right? And he'll do things with it. Do you, do you remember so, the movie Patton, Dr. Arn? Oh, yeah, of course. Remember when Patton was stuck in England giving speeches to little old ladies groups to raise war bonds, and he wanted to be cut loose? That is Jim Jordan. Cut him loose. Let him get into the yeah. field. Yeah, and he's, uh, you know, he's he's got
1: he's got a lot of fight in him, and he's not crazy. And and one of the signs that he's not crazy is that he's a leader in the Freedom Caucus. He's
0: one of the founders of it, and he's in there pitching for McCarthy, for McCarthy. right now. And that, I hope we're, we're out of time I, this week. Next week we're back talking about Churchill. I hope by. Uh, by the time this airs, that Jim Jordan is in the field down at the border holding a hearing. But I fear not. I fear not. Dr. Larry Arnn, Hillsdale.edu. We'll be back talking about Winston Churchill and the history of the English-speaking people next week. But we had to pause to bring you up to speed with what's going on, because we are always aware of the present, even as we talk about the past.
2: Thanks for listening to the Hillsdale Dialogues presented by
0: Hillsdale College. For more episodes, search for Hillsdale Dialogues at SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, iHeart, or Ricochet. For more information about Hillsdale College, head to hillsdale.edu.